How are you watching him when you can't see him? Because I see him every time he gives me a word, every time he tells me what he's going to do, what he's done for me, who he is. Every time I keep his word in my heart. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us as we continue our series today from Hebrews 11. Last time we began to look at Moses and a message entitled Leap Before You Look. We're going to continue that teaching today. But a good reminder from Pastor Ford that we do hear from God in his word and we're to hide his word in our hearts. You've probably heard from uh, people who said, boy, how can I trust God when I can't even see him? And that's one of the questions that Pastor Ford is going to unpack in today's message. So I hope that you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews 11. We're beginning at uh, verse 24 today as we continue the message, Leap Before You Look. Here is Pastor Ford. Moses gives us an example that faith sees the invisible because you can't get what God has for you until you let go of what God don't want you to have. Okay, I know I got to make that plain. See, some of you don't have your boo because the person you're holding on to is not the one, but you won't let them go because you say somebody's better than nobody. So what God has to do is show you uh, that that's not true. That is better to be by yourself. Well, anyway, you understand what I'm saying. See, here's the problem. Too many of us have Jesus on the tip of our tongues, but we got the world on the tips of our fingers. That's the problem. See, John, 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says, love not the world. Now, it's in what's called the subjunctive mood. Say, what does that mean? It's all Greek to me. Subjunctive means there's an action that's going on, and you're already doing it, and he wants you to stop. So when he says, love not the world, he's saying, stop loving the world. For all that's in the world is what? Come on, help the preacher. Come on, help me get you out of here. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Verse 25, lust of the flesh. Verse 26, lust of the eyes. Verse 24, pride of life. Do you see it? It's right there. It's right there in your Bible. That what Moses did and what the world represented to him was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he said, listen, I understand who I am. I'm a child of the king. So therefore, I reject Pharaoh. I reject the world. And listen, you know what else you see there? You see the world, the flesh, and the devil. In verses 24, 25, and tw- do you see it? It's there. You ain't got to look too hard. The king, Pharaoh, represents the devil. And the prestige of the world, verse 24, and the pleasures of the flesh. It's all there. So then the three ways we can be tempted are there. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And the three tempters are there. Sin, self, Satan, or the world, society in the world. So what's going on here? Everybody missed it. I could tell everybody missed it because nobody shouted when I said it. 
Let me say it again. So now, are you with me? Did I lose everybody yet? Okay, good. So then he turned his back on the world. Now, now, why? So he could see God. Now listen to this. Uh, you should have shouted when you heard this read. Every time it's read, should have, listen to what it says. Verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He's looking forward to when Jesus is going to give him a reward. Now here's, here's why I say you should have shouted. Because this says the reproach of Christ. Now, what's the problem? Here's the problem in the text. Remember, it was written to the Hebrews to tell them what? Quit being Hebrews. That, that don't let your culture dictate your Christianity. That don't wrap God up in American flag and make him a right-wing evangelical conservative. But neither put him in cloth and make him African-American. Don't, don't put an adjective before the gospel. Don't make liberation theology or liberation gospel, uh, uh, a black gospel. Uh, uh, uh. No, no, no. Don't put an adjective. The gospel doesn't need an adjective. And so he's telling them, don't put anything on the gospel, because when you put anything to it, you dilute it and you pollute it. So here's what he's saying. You say, I want to go back to the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, I'm familiar with Moses and all them people. He said, you want to leave Christ, Moses was looking for Christ. So then here's what he does. He puts Christ back in Moses' day. Now, let me tell you why that's so powerful for me, why that shouts me. I got goosebumps. You can't see them. I'm so dark. <laughs> Plus, I got my shirt on, too. But I got goosebumps all over my arms because this, when, when I read it, I said, oh, this is so powerful. Moses had Jesus in his day. So then if he says, why didn't he say, now, here's what he should have said, the reproach of Yahweh, of Jehovah God. Why does he say the reproach of Christ? Because he wants us to know that Christ is Jehovah God. So then the reproach has to do with the fact that I'm going to get myself in trouble for God. See, 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 let me see if I can straighten this out real quick. Some people be crying, I got fired on my job, I'm suffering for Jesus. No, your behind was lazy. You took too many breaks. You took too, too long for lunch. You was Facebooking when you should have been, you should have been uh, working on your job. You, you run around stealing paper and pens and paper clips. That's why you got fired. But he says, no, no, no. Moses had real reproach. Now, what's that? Taking on somebody else's disdain. We don't want to do that. We don't want anybody putting us down because we belong to Jesus. We go in the restaurant and we know we should thank the Lord for giving us our food, but we don't want to be seen. So we say, thank you, Lord, for this Amen. Amen. We want to read our Bible, so we cover it up in a brown paper bag. What you reading? Just a book, just a book. But he says, Moses took on his reproach. Now, we got to find the place where we identify. So, who is he? Well, who did Moses say came to him? Exodus chapter 3, 14 through 16. 
He's, he, he's a burning bush. I wish I had time to talk about it. I ain't got time to talk about the burning bush. It was a bush that was on fire but wasn't consumed. It's kind of like that one guy, uh, you know, they said, uh, they said uh, the church caught on fire and 300 people came to see it. And uh, they asked the guy, he said, man, uh, uh, why you come up to see the church? He said, because this is the first time this church ever been on fire. <laughs> and so he sees this bush. It represents the presence of God. It's a theophany, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So what, what happens? Now he reveals himself. Moses says, who are you? He says, I am that I am. And Moses says, wait a minute. Uh, is that your first name or is that your last name? He says, uh, I am that I am. I just asked you, is this your first name or your last name? And God said, yes. Moses said, wait a minute, I asked you two questions. You gave me one answer. Is it your first name or your last name? Yes. I am is my first name, and I am is my last name. I am the self-existing one. I have always been. I am the omnipotent, omnipresent, om, omniscient God. My definition of his omniscience is God left himself from where he was to take himself while he was going, to get himself to where he already was. He looked to the right. There was no God there. He looked to the left. There was no God there. He looked in front. There was no God there. He looked behind, and there was no God there. He threw up his hands. He said, well, I guess I must be God all by myself. And that's what he's trying to teach us. I am, but I am that I am. I'm the self-existing one, but I am the self-sustaining one. I don't need anything. He told Israel, he said, he said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. And how many know he can sell them, make hamburger, and feed you? Better than a Big Mac. And I've been fed by both. Too many Big Macs. Not sure that's possible, is it? You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled Leap Before You Look, and we're going to get back to the story of Moses in just a moment. If you're a regular listener, you know Pastor Ford is passionate about relationships, especially marriage, and he's written a number of books about that topic. If you want to find out more about these books, check out the different titles available as a paperback or in an ebook format. Come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Click on that link on the left side of the homepage that says Books by Pastor Ford. And if you want to find out more about Pastor Ford and Christ Bible Church, you can uh, do that as well by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the About link. Again, our website address, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. So what's he saying? The reproach of Christ. Moses had it. Wow. John 8, 58. The Pharisees are upset. You say you're Abraham's seed. Jesus said, oh, oh, that gets you upset? Oh, wait till you hear this one. Before Abraham was, 
I am. Now, wait a minute. I had English 101 too. I had English 101 too. And when you have a sentence like that, that have two phrases in it, the predicate nominative in both of those phrases must match. So then if you have the verb to be in the past tense, in the first part of it, you must have the verb to be in the second part of it. So then the more appropriate English is before Abraham was, I was. But that does not identify him and attach him to Exodus chapter 3. So what God does is says, look, don't tell me about violating grammar. I made grammar. Who made men's mouth? So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to violate grammar so that you know who I am. Don't get it twisted. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the self-existing one. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the great shepherd of the sheep. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am Jehovah Nisi. I am Jehovah Mekhi. This year, I am. And so he places it all right there. See, that's why we're trying to get you to say, There's a place in my heart, Augustine, the black theologian, said, that only Jesus can feel. And once he feels it, you've got to put a sign over it that says, not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. See, look what's going on. He is totally committed. Because if you look at this text, here's what you'll see. You, you have to ask yourself, when did he run? And he ran twice. He ran for his life, remember, when he killed the Egyptian. And then he ran uh, out of Egypt when he delivered the children of Israel. Now, I think it's the second. You don't have to believe me, but when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to tell you I was right. In Exodus chapter 2, turn there with me real quick. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Look at Exodus. Exodus chapter 2. Now, here's what's going on in Exodus chapter 2. Let's look at it. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smite thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over thus? Intendeth thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and drew in the land of Midian and sat down by well. Listen, listen, here's what's going on. I don't think it's this time. Let me tell you why. Let me just contrast it real quick. Because the first time he ran. Uh, but the second time he was following God. Uh, the first time he's in fear, but the second time he's in faith. So in Exodus 2, the fear of man, he's running out. Uh, but when he leads the children of Israel into deliverance, it's because of the master that he's moving out. You know there's a difference between running out and moving out. Amen. Everybody say when they leave, well, God is leading me. But sometimes they don't tell the truth because they just let somebody run them out. Whether it's the pastor or somebody else, they let people run them out. 
And I already told you, you can't run me away from where God has placed me. So the fear, the fear, it was self-interest. He was concerned about himself, but in faith, it was the sovereign interest. In fear, it was his way, but in faith, it was God's way. Because he, see how God wanted to do it? Moses said, I'm going to kill one of them. God said, that ain't what I want to do. You want to kill one and hide them. I want to kill them all in public. So when he ran the first time, he was a criminal, but when he came out the second time, he was a commander. It was under Exodus chapter 2, the human power, but when he came out, he came out under the Holy Spirit power, God's power. This thing is really great. So then what happens? You have a, look at this text, look at the text, look at the text again with me. Here's what it says. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, get this. Endured is past tense. As seeing is a present participle. They're not supposed to go together either. But, of course, you know, God's trying to make a point, and so he, he does it. Here's what he's saying. He's saying there was an event in the past that had results in the past that still having results in the present that will continue to have results in the future. That's what it means. So that what he's saying is there was a time when he saw God and that set the tone for everything in his life. Now here's, here's what it means. He only saw him once, but he kept his presence so contemporary that it was if he's seeing him every day. Okay, um, sees the invisible. You can't see God with your eyes, not the eyes of the flesh. You have to see God with the eyes of faith. So, uh, let me give you an example, uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. Remember Elisha and Gehazi? The army of Syria is coming down. And uh, Gehazi comes out and he says, he says, he, he, he says, Master, we're surrounded. They're all around us. And uh, Elisha said, man, you need to take a chill pill. Why don't you sit down? Just take a chill pill. He said, um, you know, man, are, are you crazy? No, man, they're, they're all around this place, man. And they get their swords drawn. Elisha said, the ones that are with us are greater than the ones that are against us. And Gehazi said, what you been smoking? <laughs> and then here's what he prayed. Lord, open up his eyes. And the Bible says his eyes were open and all around the enemies that had them surrounded was angels with flaming swords all around the enemy. In other words, they could not be seen unless it was seen by faith. And Elisha is praying what I'm praying for you, that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Here's what's says, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Remember, that's Jehoshaphat. It says, they are greater than we are. And then it says, he prayed and said, Lord, deliver us. And then, and then the text says, for our eyes are watching God. How are you watching him when you can't see him? Because I see him every time he gives me a word, every time he tells me what he's going to do, what he's done for me, who he is. Every time I keep his word in my heart. So Peter is on the, on the boat. We talk about him all the time. 
And he says, can I play? The Lord says, come. Then he's walking on the water. And this is what it says. He saw the wind. He began to direct his attention away from Jesus and onto his circumstances. And what happens? He begins to sink. Why? Because anytime you take your eyes off of God, you are going to sink. What's going on here? See, when you have seen the invisible, you'll never give up on a promise. I was sick. Doc is my doctor. And so I called him up. And I was talking to him on the phone. And I said, Doc, I don't feel well. He said, what's going on? And I told him. He said, that sounds familiar. He says, "Uh, you know what? I'm going to call you in a prescription. I said, okay. Now, how do I know I was talking to Doc? Because I know his voice. Now, I couldn't see him. But I know his voice. And uh, he said to me, go to Walgreens on 87th Street and go to the desk and tell them your name and they'll give you a prescription. I looked at this, I said, that's really what it's all about. Seeing him who is invisible. That Moses becomes an example for you and I of someone who understands, all you got to do is just call him up and just talk to him. Now, you can't see him, but you can hear his voice. And he's got a prescription. And if you believe it, you will act upon it. And if you act upon it, whatever he says is going to happen. Faith. It's really becoming clear, isn't it, why Pastor Ford calls this message, Leap Before You Look. God's really calling us to step out in faith, to obey His commands, and to trust His promises. And that's when we're going to see Him working in our lives. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth, and if you missed any parts of this program, you'll find it at our website. Just go to Treasure Truth Radio. Well, maybe you're at a place today where you need to take that first step of faith, that simple act of trusting Christ as your Savior. I'd encourage you to call this toll-free number and talk with someone about what it means to begin that relationship with Jesus. The number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. Again, that's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, we've been talking all this month about a book titled Making Sense of the Bible by David Whitehead. It's a book that's written to make the Bible easier to understand, but more importantly, to help you actually connect with God personally through His Word. And time is running out to give a gift of any amount and request a copy. So contact us before it's too late. Our toll-free number is 888-644-7660. That's 1-888-644-7660. Or you can go online to treasuretruthradio.org. Or if you prefer to send a check, our address is Treasure Truth Radio, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. As you read this book, you're going to begin to understand many writing styles used in the Bible, from poetry to prophecy, from the epistles to the apocalyptic. You can give your gift of any amount and request Making Sense of the Bible 
Our number is 888-644-7660 or online treasuretruthradio.org. Our producer is Amy Rios. I'm Steve Hiller. Tomorrow, Pastor Ford shows us how Joshua followed the advice to leap before you look. So join us for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.